Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Hi, you're listening to Mary again with Fruit Pursuit. This is episode 10, Kindness and Listening Skills. We're still talking about kindness for this last week before we shift into our October episodes. I'm super excited to share this particular episode with you all about listening well to others. I know that you probably think that you listen well to others already, but we're going to talk a little bit about a way to just really up your game. And the thing that I'm most excited about is that This material is coming directly from some of the training that I do in our Fruit Pursuit Mastermind. And so I'm really excited to share with you some particular ways that really improving my listening skills has helped tremendously in our family's ability to get along with each other. So Sit back, relax, grab some pen and paper to take some good notes. You're going to want to write some things down probably. And I'm excited to see just how these different techniques that we share today really impact your life. So let's get started. We're going to start off with a couple of different quotes just because I think they're fun and really speak to the heart of listening. The first one, of course, is verse from James 119, which says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Now, if you're anything like me, you've heard this verse so many times that there's kind of an uh, like a subconscious eye roll that goes right along with hearing this particular verse, mostly, I think, because I've heard it so many times, and if I'm really honest with myself, a lot of times I really stink at it. So if you feel that way, I just want to encourage you, you're not alone. This is definitely a skill in in an area of kindness that I am still working on myself. The second quote that I wanted to share with you is from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He says, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to respond. And isn't that so true? How often in a conversation do we really listen only until that other person said, hey, Da, da 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 and then we're like oh that's wrong now i'm going to correct them or we suddenly realize how we can add to it and no longer are we listening so it's just good to be aware of and then the last one is from john wayne where he says hey you're short on ears and long on mouth and boy i can really relate to that that a lot of times I am long on the mouth. (laughs) So as I said, you're in good company if you feel like that 
your mouth runs and you don't listen enough. And maybe you're one of those people that you don't speak up and you don't run your mouth, but there's still an element of sort of shutting down what the other person is saying. And you may be one of those introverted people that's like, yeah, I don't run my mouth, but that doesn't keep my brain from running the entire time while they're talking. So let's go over just a couple of good guidelines for listening, remembering what the purpose is. So the purpose of good listening is to learn what we don't know and to understand the other person's perspective, to learn what we don't know and to understand the other person's perspective. I'm really excited to share with you some examples from my everyday life with my own family about how we have succeeded and how we have failed at some of these different ways of listening to others. The there's a couple of little things I just want to encourage you at the beginning of this. One of the key pieces to being able to listen with an open mind is let's not start by saying, yeah, I know that already. (laughs) In fact, I have done this so many times myself where I listen for the piece that I already know. And then I'm like, yeah, I know that. And I kind of check out from paying attention anymore. Anytime we're listening to somebody else, it's not an opportunity to check off the things that we already know. It's an opportunity to learn what we don't know. So I just want to encourage you, even in this podcast, to set yourself up for success by considering, okay, maybe I've heard some of these things before, but what can I learn in a new situation? Or maybe I can apply it to a different area of my life or Maybe there's a way of considering it or some aspect that I haven't considered before. All right, let's get started. I've got three ways to really boost your listening skills, and I'll just introduce them here. One is create a safe space. Two is staying curious. And three, I have a really practical listening lesson for you to to practice. It's like a... um, a lab. That's what it is. (laughs) You've got a lab for today. All right. So the first one is creating a safe space. How many of you have been in a situation where you're interacting with a child who just will not get their schoolwork done? Maybe they're it's homework and they're just sort of stalling, or maybe you're a homeschooler and the subject that they really don't like is math and No matter what you do, they seem to drag out forever. Well, this has definitely been the case in our family before around school subjects. And so I want to use this as a perfect example for how to create a safe space. When we're listening to other people, it's really important that we not attack or defend ourselves. We're not attacking them and we're not defending our decisions in that situation. We're going to stay curious and caring instead of judgmental. And one of the easiest ways that I find to stay in a place where we can kind of remind each other, hey, the problem is getting the schoolwork done, but we're on the same team, me and my child, we're on the same team here. And And we're trying to together figure out what to do about this problem. 
One practical way of being able to create a safer space to have a conversation like that is to both sit on the same side of the room. It might sound really basic, but the idea is that when we're sitting across from each other, across from each other at a table, or maybe one of us is sitting on the couch and the other person is sitting in a chair, a lot of times, very quickly, we start behaving in the conversation as though the other person is the enemy. It's kind of a default role that we jump into. And I even did this with my husband very recently where we were sitting across from each other having a a conversation where we weren't seeing eye to eye about something. And I noticed just this strong pull towards wanting to continue the conversation as if he would like, it's him that I'm against. And that just creates this attack and defense situation. Whereas if you can take the problem, like say the math book, for instance, if that's the schoolwork that the kid isn't finishing and put it on the table in front of you. And then both of you sit on the couch with the problem in front of both of you, then it really physically sets you up as We are on the same team having a conversation about this thing over here. And this thing and this problem is what we're attacking. We're not attacking each other. We're attacking the problem together. It's not going, it's not a magic pill to like, okay, you'll never have a conflict or treat each other as an enemy again, but it is a very physical visual reminder that you're on the same team looking for success in your relationship with each other. And you really want to come to a conclusion that both people agree on. So I encourage you to create that safe space. The times that I have sat down next to my child when there is a problem to talk about something deep, hands down, we have far more deep conversations, far more Uh, emotional outpouring of what's really going on than if we are sitting across from each other talking at each other instead. So I encourage you to give this a try. The second thing is to stay curious, really looking for what's underneath. And I have a perfect example of how this works with a story that's actually really recent When we moved into this house, uh, my girls have a room at the end of the house and they started asking me for things. They started asking me for new pajamas. They wanted new bedding. They, They were interested in having another fan in there, but they already had a fan in there. They, there were all these things that started coming up And it was really easy for me to feel defensive. I have the pressure of trying to make the budget stretch as far as it'll stretch. I'm trying to provide well for them, not to mention the fact that probably their room is the most put together room of any room in the house. Their paint is the coolest. They have the coolest beds. They have the desk and the dressers and the bookcases and the cutest little couch that you've ever seen. They've got a fancy rug. They probably have more 
decor that all goes together in total cuteness than the entire rest of the house combined. And so there's this little defensiveness in me that's like, when they come and say, hey, we want this, I'm like, what in the world is your problem? You have more than anybody else and you're still fussing about it, right? So that's that quick defensiveness, right? And I realized somewhere into this defensive response response that kept coming up for me that I wasn't really getting very curious about what was really going on underneath. Why were they continuing to say, I want these other things. I want you, like, please, can you help us out with this? One of them especially was they wanted different bedding. Now, I was a little annoyed about them wanting new bedding because they weren't sleeping in the beds that they had. They have these really cool loft beds and they weren't using them. Instead, they have this fold-out couch that they would open up and sleep on the floor every single night. They would share the double couch together on the floor instead of sleeping in their bed. So I'm thinking, why am I going to go invest tons of money in brand new bedding just because you want your room to look fancy when you aren't even using the bed that you have As soon as you start using the bed that you have, then we can talk about whether or not you need new bedding for it. So that's where I was. But when I finally realized that I was being super defensive and I got really curious, I I started asking these types of questions. Tell me more about that. Why do you think that is? How is this making you feel? What are you really wanting more than anything? Or what are you really longing for? And that last one was the was the magic for this particular conflict. What is it that you're really longing for in getting new pajamas, new bedding, a second a second fan in your room? Why do you continue to fuss about the condition of your room? And and all of a sudden there was a space for them to communicate what they were really longing for. Want to know what it is? Maybe you've guessed, but I certainly didn't until they shared it with me. When they shared with me what was actually going on, I just, my heart just hurt for them. All of a sudden, they opened up and said, well, mom, our room is too hot. And so we're having trouble sleeping every single night because our room is too hot. We're not allowed to touch the thermostat. And so even though everybody else is comfortable on this level of the house, our room is still hot. And because we have loft beds and we sleep up near the ceiling, that is the hottest place in the room. And we're just having trouble sleeping. And so we thought that if we had lighter bedding or an extra fan or lighter pajamas that it would actually make it easier for us to actually be able to sleep in our beds at night. Oh my goodness. Can you, can you tell that, you know, a mother's heart was like, Oh, here I've been thinking that they're just being spoiled and acting like that we owe them some fancy schmancy stuff in their room. When really that what's really going on underneath is that, The environment that they're trying to sleep in is uncomfortably hot and they don't know what to do about it. It helped me realize, oh, well, 
maybe bedding and a fan and pajamas is the thing, but the other thing that needs to go on the list is we need some more insulation in our attic and a new return vent in their room. <laughs> so, but those aren't things that they would know to ask for, are they? It's like, they're not going to know that the reason their room is so hot is because there's almost no insulation in the attic. They're not going to know that the reason that their room doesn't cool off as quickly is because the return vent on the second floor is too far away for their room from their room for it to actually be effective for their area. No, they just know what they know, which is, well, we could get lighter bedding. We could get lighter pajamas. We could add an extra fan. This is their solutions to the problem. But I didn't find out about the problem until I got really curious about what is underneath all of their requests instead of being defensive. So do you see how this particular, these ways of incorporating these things into our listening skills is really not only a kindness to the other person that is listening, uh, is telling us something, it's a kindness to them to really get at the heart of what's going on. But it's a kindness to ourselves too, because it's an opportunity to solve the problem sooner rather than later to get at the real heart of it. And I didn't go out and buy stuff that was unnecessary that's going to then like they're still going to have a problem with it being too hot in their room because I'm not looking at okay they need lighter bedding I'm just looking at oh they just want fancy bedding do you see so that's the second one so first create a safe space to discuss things second stay curious by asking questions like Tell me more about that or why do you think that is and how does that make you feel? By the way, those two, why do you think that is and how does that make you feel? Those I use interchangeably depending on whether the kid that I'm talking to is a feeler or a thinker. A lot of times all of us kind of sway one way or another. So if you say, what do you think about that to somebody and they're like, uh, I don't know. You might try saying, well, how does it make you feel? And all of a sudden they might have answers and vice versa. That if you ask the, how do you feel about something and they give you a blank stare, ask, how do they think about it instead and see if that doesn't open up some more information for you. And then the final one that I think is actual gold and is one of the things that we actually do in our training and really, I really encourage people to practice this. And this is your lab. If you want to give it a shot with some of your um, family members or a friend, it's going to feel silly at first, but I encourage you just to try it out is repeating word for word to help other people feel heard, repeating word for word to help other people feel heard. So Quite literally, what this sounds like is if I came in to talk to my husband about whether or not I should go to the store during dinner or should I have dinner and then go to the store, which one would he prefer? Uh, then I might say, hey, Brandon. Would you rather me go to the store during dinner and that way I'm home sooner? Or would you rather me finish making dinner and then go to the store? 
those are the two options. He might reply with, okay, I think what I heard you say is that the two options are, would I rather you go to the store during dinner and get back sooner or go after dinner? Is that the two options? Yes, that's the two options. And I'm wondering which one you prefer. Okay, so you're wondering which one I would prefer. Yes. All right, well, I would prefer that you go during dinner. I'll take care of dinner. And I would rather have you home sooner than later. That sounds fine to me. But I'd like to know what we're having for dinner. What's the plan? Okay, so it's okay if I go during dinner and then, but you would really like to know what the plan is. Is that right? Yes, that's right. All right, well, for dinner, we're having cereal and you can fend for yourself if you don't like that. How does that sound? All right, so the plan for dinner is to have cereal and I fend for myself. Yes, that's right. So you see how I'm flipping back and forth where each person before they move the conversation forward, is just repeating word for word. This does a couple of things in our relationship. First of all, it forces me, when I'm repeating word for word what he says, it forces me to really listen to what he's saying. Because if I can't repeat it, then that's a good indicator that I didn't, that I quit listening to him and vice versa. The other thing that it gives an opportunity for, which I love, is when I repeat back word for word what he said, it allows him to hear what I heard and change anything if it's necessary. And so maybe I say, okay, what I heard you say is to tell you what is for dinner and make it first. Is that what I heard you say? And he says, uh, no, I don't need you to make it first. I just need you to tell me what the plan is. Oh, okay. So you just need to tell me what the, you need me to tell you what the plan is. Yes. Okay. And now we're on the same page for some reason. And I just think it's fascinating. A lot of times we don't hear things the same, like we don't hear what we say the way that other people hear what we say. And so to have them repeat it back to us, we kind of listen to it with fresh ears, so to speak. And it gives us a chance to adjust. And so if you've never done this, I really encourage you to try it out. I guarantee if you've never tried it, it's going to sound silly. It's going to feel like I'm going to say exactly what they said. And they're going to like snort at me like, Stop repeating me. Stop saying whatever. But it doesn't sound that way. Unless you're doing it intentionally to be annoying to somebody, repeating exactly what they say actually can come across very validating and very honoring. And I have watched this create respectful communication in our own family when we have applied it and a really honoring communication, even in the middle of conflict. So if you don't try anything else from this whole podcast, I encourage you to try this particular practical application of listening skills. And then finally, I just have a couple of little tips that I want to throw in here at the end. If you get done with a conversation, another great listening skill is to say, hey, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about this right now? 
Like, are we done? And just check in and make sure that you both think that the conversation is over. So, yes, give like give them a chance to talk about it. If you made a commitment to them about doing something later, let them know when you're going to get back to them about it. If you're going to address an issue right then, make sure you thank them for their feedback. Thank you so much for your willingness to be honest about the fact that you haven't been getting your schoolwork done. I really appreciate that you're willing to work through this. I know that we've got to create a new schedule and it's going to require you doing some hustling, but I'm so proud of you for just being willing to be honest and have a good conversation about this. Do you see how it sets them up to feel like it's safe to talk about something? I would thank my girls. Thank you so much for being willing to talk a little bit about what is really going on that makes you want different stuff in your room. I tell my husband, thank you for being willing to give me your opinion. Even when we don't see eye to eye or I get frustrated and want my way instead of your way, I really appreciate that you're still willing to tell me how you really feel and what your opinion is and what you really want, even when it means that we're probably going to fuss about it a little bit. Thank you so much for being willing to be vulnerable with me that way. That helps people be willing to tell you things that you need to know the next time. (laughs) So those are our listening skills straight from our mastermind. And I encourage you to practice these new things as a way to show kindness, not only to the other people that you're having conversations with, but also for yourself, because the truth is, is that we lead by example, right? We show other people how we want to have conversations go by how we are having conversations. And it's a really great way to, as we incorporate these skills into our conversations, we give other people the opportunity to learn how effective they are and then repeat them back to us and share them back with us too. So if you apply these into your everyday life or you give them a shot, I would love to hear from you. You can go to fruitpursuitpodcast.com and leave me a comment about this episode, which is episode 10, kindness and listening skills. Episode 10, Kindness and Listening Skills. Let me know what you tried and how it turned out. I'm so excited to hear from you. And let me just add on that I'm super excited for next month. We're going to jump into the Fruit of the Spirit faithfulness. And our next few episodes are really going to be all around different areas of faithfulness. We're going to talk about how to really feel God's faithfulness on a regular basis in our lives, how that actually, how to actually translate that into a feeling that we experience on a regular basis. We're going to talk about how to really see the consistency that we have in our own lives and feeling like we're consistent, we're faithful, we show up when we say we are. 
we're going to talk about the faithfulness of others and how to really boost other people's ability to be consistent and see them really show up in faithful ways. And we're going to talk a little bit about discouragement. So that's all coming up for the month of October. I can't wait to share it with you. I hope you'll stay tuned in. But for now, thanks for joining me this week. I love connecting with you each and every week. Let me know you're out there. Send me a message. And I look forward to talking with you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?